I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's another victorious Stop Hammer Time, I'm afraid. Uh, this boring run of constantly winning football matches continues its relentless grind towards the end of the season. How depressing. Joining me to share the gloom this evening are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Everything all right? Yes, very good. Thank you. Nothing, nothing else to say? No, not really. No, no okay. other than, well, I mean, there, there doesn't seem that much. We're we going to have to give up doing these at some point because it is so tedious, this yes, constant yes. winning thing. I need stuff to rant about and to, yes. to be miserable about. And I, 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 you know, it's not happening. Well, we might be able to rustle something up uh, this evening. Okay. Also joining us, here's the author of the best blog concerning West Ham United that there has ever been, the magnificent The H-List. It is, of course, James Cairns. Hello, Hi, Phil. I, you, you, you lot have changed since I was last on here. Uh-huh. Jim, Jim, I've never seen Jim so morose, uh, you know, <laughs> seven wins in nine games, whatever it is. He's yeah. like, he's top himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is I just, this is a very different stop hammer time than the one I left behind me. And you need to teach table. us how to feel. Teach us <laughs> yeah. how to feel. We're now numb. We're now numb with success. Yes. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> the diazepam of success has now dulled all our senses and made us shuffling automatons. Uh, so. <laughs> So hopefully we can we can turn a corner. Uh, we can turn a corner with a hope of a uh, head honcho of the best television production company in London, Channel X. It is of course Jim Reed. Hello, Jim. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, viewers. Um, I, I've been. I'm very happy. I've been building a shrine to Craig Dawson in my spare room. <laughs> and I'm only half finished, but you know, I've learned a lot of things about Craig in the last few weeks. Apparently, he's, he, he's not the first man to go and buy a round of drinks. Uh, not right. known for his being a spencer, but um, he uh, is an animal in training. Right, right. People are quite scared to play with him in training because he plays a training match like he plays a normal match. Right, and right. on that game on Sunday, I was watching it, I was thought, 
he's a better player than Eric Dyer, who's in the England squad. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? Moyes yeah. is turning everything upside down. Yes, yeah. No, I think we said last week on the podcast, it sort of slightly makes a mockery of the amounts of money that were being talked about in terms of picking up James Tarkovsky from Burnley. Mm. It's like, I'm really glad we didn't do that for £17 million or whatever much they wanted for him. Because it's like, you know, and, and actually these loans for the end of the season, there's quite a lot of talk obviously, because of his, you know, uh, two out of three brilliant performances about converting the Jesse Lingard loan into a purchase. And, you know, I'm sort of game for that, but I'm also happy to wait and see what we sort of feel we, you know, need at the end of the season. Uh, You know, uh, they might not want to let him go. So there's no point in raising our hopes at this stage. But yeah, boy, he certainly has turned out to be, uh, you know, at least in the first three games, a fantastic piece of business. But yeah, I mean, Dawson has been just terrific, you know, with the low expectations of coming in as possibly our fourth choice centre-back. He got an opportunity to play in a game and has just made himself undroppable mm. from pretty much that first game, you know. Yeah, it just shows you that as football fans how little anyone knows because yeah. obviously yeah. when he was signed, everyone's going, oh, what's going on? This this is embarrassing. Sullivan out. And uh, Watford fans were laughing. Yeah, and yeah. Look at the that defect the centre backs on Sunday, you know, and Diop, we know he's a good player, but he's always been a bit patchy. They've just picked up where a bonner left off. Yes. They were yeah. really good, weren't they? I mean Yeah. Yeah, extraordinary, extraordinary. You know, you you know, any other season that would be a huge miss of Bonner suddenly going missing with a you know, um uh, but now, but but those guys have sort of stepped into the fold. You sense that if Balbuena had to come in, he would probably be enough on the wavelength of the other, you know, whoever he was playing with, because he has played with them a bit this season. Yeah. You know, I think they've probably all had a go sort of with each other at some point, haven't they? Yeah, um, yeah no, terrific. But uh, yeah, well, it was a, you know, it was a great game, wasn't it? James, what did you make of it? Oh, I, I've, I've only just come down, to be honest, Phil. I mean, and I, I, I was talking to a friend yesterday who made quite an interesting point, actually, which he said was, this is the first time that we've played Spurs, beaten them, and I've come away and thought to myself, or sorry, I haven't come away and thought to myself, I wish we played like that every week. Yeah. Which is sort of how it's always been in the past. You know, we've, we've always had to really lift our game to beat yes. Spurs. They've been sort of events, haven't they? There's that thing they always go on, which your cup final and all that, and your team plays like it. But actually, I didn't think we were all that great on Sunday. I thought we were defensively very solid, but I thought going forward, we were a bit um, sort of powder puff, really. We didn't create massive amounts, although what we did create, were there were quite good chances, whereas Spurs were the reverse. They created a lot of very poor chances, really, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, long shots yeah. from, from, from far out. Um, but, you know, I don't think you'd look at that performance and go, oh, if we play like that, you know, we'll be in the top four at the end of the season. We actually would have to play much better than that. But in some ways, that makes it even better, doesn't it? Because we beat them 2-1 and we were sort of fairly average by our standards. It's remarkable. Yeah. I thought we, um, I thought we started really well. Not, not, just, not just in scoring, obviously, early, but, but actually creating a few more openings um, afterwards. And I felt the injury to Suchek, Kate, really, really sort of um, was a bit of a turning point, really. We lost momentum when he went off for that period of time and never really yeah. got that momentum back. Um, but we did a bit like we did to Villa, you know, another game where we didn't, we didn't really play that well, but, but, but one, um, 
we we just kind of caught them cold at the beginning of each half, didn't we? You know, yeah. And, yeah. Um, it's good to see that. It's good to come out, you know, fighting and firing, you know, right from the uh, right from the word go. Yeah, I, I think we um, we looked like when we did go forward, we could score goals. I mean, partly because Spurs haven't got a very good defence, and it, it's very when you look at the two teams, clearly they have got four or five very good players, but they're all attacking players. Yeah, we've actually got their left back is probably better than Cresswell but there's not much in it. The rest no. of our defence, including the goalkeeper, I think are better than theirs. And Rice and Suchek would walk in their team. So it's a sort of mm. almost 50-50 between us yeah. and them. And they spent much more money on players that aren't all that good. And we no, were lucky Son didn't play well on Sunday. I don't know what was up with him. He was very quiet. He was quiet. I thought, you know, I thought he, um, uh, we sort of kept him quiet as well. We didn't, we weren't, clearly weren't sort of man marking him to the extent we did Jack Grealish in, in the Villa game. But uh, in the uh, away fixture at their place in 2019, we sort of were very conscious of his threat. And uh, so Pellegrini recalled Fredericks, uh, put Diop in, I think, who'd had a bit of a spell out, just because of their pace, because of balls um, yeah. over the top to Son for Son to run onto. But they didn't seem to really... I don't know if we were stopping them playing that tactic. Uh, I wasn't sure, but yeah, he certainly had a quiet game. I don't know if we were entirely the reason of that, or he, he just, you know, uh, had an off day. But yeah, you're right. He did. He didn't really trouble us much, and he's he's a very worrying player for a start. You know, the fact that he may well just go down in the penalty area or outside <laughs> the penalty area when you know touched with a feather. Yeah. Um, I think I think wide left players quite often have quiet games when they come up against Soufal is the yeah. answer to it. Um, and, and Bowen tracks back well and gives him good coverage. And obviously the, the, there was that time we had Fredericks there as well with, with Greenish. Um, and, and the only, the only sort of real sniff song got was when uh, Soufal actually kicked the ball against him. Yeah. And it nearly yeah. went in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that Bale, Bale was much more season. threatening, I thought. He was. Yeah. He was. He so, was, and exposed Cresswell's lack of pace as as a as a straightforward left back, didn't he? Um, he, he? He was he their did. best player, but and why is he not playing for them? I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's wow. a strange Mourinho sort of uh, player psychology. <laughs> I'm going to punish you by dropping you from the team, and therefore punish the team. Uh, yeah. Um, and that good performances all across the pitch, I thought from us. I thought we, you know, it's good, solid. It was. Um, it's really good that he's he's able to sort of rotate some players in the middle of the park. You know, um, Bowen and Fornals were back, and I think they were were they dropped for the last one of the United. <laughs> Yeah. I think Four Nails has been missing for a while, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Villa, I, th- I think they didn't start the Villa game. And uh, that was a little alarm. You know, it's Lingard's arrival. And uh, for two of our paciest, hardest working players to make way for this one unknown quantity for Manchester United seemed, you know, a little bit rash. But it worked out really well. And again, they were able to come back into the team uh, against Spurs. And I thought both of them played really well, you know. I thought Rice was immense. I thought it's just absolutely yeah. just, you know, what a player he is becoming. I mean, just that um, track back and clearance yeah. from from when it was 
you know, that, that was moment of the match in many ways. I mean, he, he, it was just brilliant. And that uh, was like five minutes before the end of the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, they, you know, they work very hard, him and Suchek, the amount of running they do. And he's got a sort of, um, you know, he's obviously a good footballer, but he's got a fantastic football brain <laughs> temperament. And he's like a kind of, when you watch him perform on the media, media you think, oh, he's a bit of a goody two show, shows. He knows how to handle himself. But I like that. There's not. This mm. is the first squad we've had in years that I don't dislike anyone in it. No. Even players that I didn't used to like, Moyes would turn them into players. Even Fredericks used to drive me up the wall. Every time he plays for us, Fredericks, he's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's improved so much of a player. Cresswell's back to what he was six years ago. What yeah. the manager's doing with his coaches is um, incredible. I, I think that manifests itself in the mentality, I, I think. It, it, there's a sort of a resilience about them that I've not seen in a West Ham team for a long time. No. And, you know, to Jim's point earlier about when Suchek got injured and went off, like I completely agree. I think that got Spurs into the game in a way that they, they weren't in before. But I was never really worried in that five, ten minutes that he was off that anything particularly bad was going to happen because, so, you know, Bowen just dropped, sorry, Antonio dropped back in, Bowen went up front. They all worked so hard. and there's a sort of a mentality and a lot of players attribute it to the Czech guys coming in that they've got yeah. that they've played at the Champions League level and they're, they're used to sort of being domestically successful. And there's just this sort of, um, I, you know, as an outsider, I look at it like a kind of a refusal to make excuses. Whereas I sort of feel like I've watched West Ham teams in the past and there's always been a reason for, mm. well, we're not going to play well today. We're missing this player or, or yeah. you know, something's gone on, someone's injured, whatever. We're away to Man United on the first day of the season. Let's all just go on holiday because we've got a home game we can win next week. That's mm. gone. And, and now, even now, like I look at this game at Man City on Saturday, I don't think we'll win, but I don't think that we'll go up there and get smashed. I no, think we'll be no. competitive. Mm. And that's yeah. amazing. It's a massive sea change. Well, they, yeah. I, was, Sorry, I was thinking about this, the, the team in terms of like a Hollywood movie. I don't know why, in my euphoria on Sunday. And um, if you were doing an underdog film, this is a perfect cast of characters. You've got Moyes, who was a joke figure. You've got Rice, who was let go from Chelsea when he was 14. Antonio, non-league player. Lingard, rejected at Man United. Dawson, on the bench at Watford. And then two guys earning, you know, potato salad money in a nothing league. No one had heard of them. <laughs> That's the spine of what we've got. All of them have suffered setbacks in their in their careers. And I think it's made them all tougher. And you, I think we were bringing in a lot of players who were luxury players who just didn't have it in them. No, I think that's right. Yeah. You also sense with this group that um, no one hides. No one hides, you know, out there on the pitch. Whereas, in fact, like, you know, Felipe Anderson would literally go out sort of disguised as the pitch in a in an attempt <laughs> not to be, wear an astroturf suit in order not to be seen not to have to receive the ball uh you know Matt Jarvis was similar we've seen quite a lot of that over the years players you know mysteriously just underperforming but also really not not trying anything everyone in the team sort of tries and you feel that they're it's not just for the manager it's for each other you know they don't want to yeah. you know well they're not none of them you know Bowen was at a very unfashionable club I don't think he's playing that well at the moment and I gather he's had some sort of illness 
but he keeps trying in matches. Yeah. He's a presence. And the fact the manager keeps picking him, you know, and he picked him instead of Ben, Ra- ben Rama on Sunday. Ben Rama technically is one of our best players, I would have thought. And yeah. he and he works his balls off. Yeah. I mean, yeah when yeah. he was at Brentford, I watched them quite a lot. He obviously had a great time in that league. But if things were going wrong, he was petulant. And I think that's being knocked out of him. Yeah. I think yeah. he'll come really good next season. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting that the media haven't really latched on to the kind of thing that you've been describing there, Jim. There, there isn't really a narrative for, for this West Ham. Well, if I worked for the Mail the Sport, that would be my <clears> thousand-word <throat> article and you'd have some stupid cartoon with them done up like the Wild Bunch or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, I think, you know, Rice at 14 to be kicked out of Chelsea... I bet he went home and cried his eyes out and thought that was the end of his life. And I bet that's a massive motivating factor for him. Yeah. 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 He knows yeah. that he nearly was going to end up, you know, having to do a normal job, not earn the sort of money he's earning now. And it's turned into a level-headed, determined character. Yeah, yeah. And the captaincy sort of sits well with him as well, doesn't it? Um. And uh, the uh, the return to the highly choreographed goal celebration that clearly mm. needed some kind of dress <laughs> rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, the the clearly there was some sort of wind instrument, like a clarinet, uh, a guitar, and drums. And I wonder what genre of music really they're looking to create with that sort of possibly a klezmer band. They needed someone with a with a with a. They could they be like a play at wedding. Well, there was no bassist, Jim, unless yeah. unless that was a bass guitar. Uh, Pablo Fornells was playing, but being Spanish, what, what I was Bowen it... doing? Was he singing? I, he was a bit as, as a bit of a yokel. I felt he looked, he was a bit out, you know, left out a little bit. No, well, I think it's, I've just been watching a documentary about the Californian, uh, the Laurel Canyon groups of the mm. 1960s and 70s. Very often the singer was very late to rehearsals, like David Crosby and uh, uh, those people. Because so, Bowen seems to be a little bit late. If he's going to do anything in that band, he seems to arrive a little bit too late. Suchek arrives and is clearly a kind of Bez figure. Uh, he's, he, <laughs> yeah. he's, just on, he's just on good yeah, vibes. Yeah. He's on good vibes, <laughs> just going uh, hey, 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 every now and again. <laughs> call the cops every now and again, you know, and shaking some maracas. But Gerald Bowen arrives very late, and I don't know if he's he's got some. I don't know if he's the band's manager or something. I don't know what he's supposed to be. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a klezmer band, possibly. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. With that instrumentation, I don't know. It's not Daft Punk. But now uh, no. can't die. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I'm not a fan of it, but you know, I don't well, think it's I, I, I don't particularly, yeah, I don't mind, on some, in some ways, I don't mind the kind of pre planned celebration. A, it's, it, it suggests they're expecting to score a goal, which yeah. is a, an, an encouraging uh, thing. Uh, and also, I think uh, a lot of modern, modern um, individual celebrations are following the Harry Kane jump and fist pump, which I absolutely loathe and detest. Um, Lots of people do a version of it now, don't they? Mm. I'm going to jump and I'm going to do a little kind of slightly inhibited fist pump. Uh, Hate it. Absolutely hate that. 
I want to go back to the 70s where people jumped up and down and, and, and pumped their fist in the air. when they Tony Cotty was like a little puppy yeah, every, yeah. Time he, every time he scored, wasn't he? Uh, oh, I want like that. David, like David Pleat running on the pitch. Yes, yeah. yeah. Slightly mal-coordinated skipping, I want. Um, the, what, uh, what would Moyes do if we had actually achieved anything? Because yeah, he's well, sort of... He's got a little bit of it. Smile, doesn't he? <laughs> Um, he 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 got a bit excited when Lanzini's equaliser went yeah. in. We got a glimpse of it then, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. He commented on it in the post-match interview, didn't he? He was a, he. In fact, I think he invoked David Pleat at the, hey. when he when he, um, when he was pulled up on his uh, little jig um, when Lanzini's goal went in. But yes, no, I, I'm not going to say I'm with you, Jim. I'm not a huge fan of the massively pre-planned celebration, but um, it was so stupid. <laughs> it was so <laughs> stupid to have a full pre- pretending to be a band and pretending there's a drummer, someone on the clarinet and a guitarist. That was so stupid that it almost passed that test. Uh, Antonio must have been very jealous. I imagine. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. There might <laughs> be a schism was, in the dressing room now. This it was could cut be. out a bit, wasn't it? And yeah. it's interesting that this was inspired by Four Mouths, who, you know, he comes across as a very affable character who's enjoying himself, but you, you don't imagine him being a big sort of voice in the changing room. No. That's right. Uh, yeah, I saw a little thing, Declan Rice, an interview with Declan Rice, who said it was Fournal's idea. I find that very funny that it was Fournal's idea. Uh, <laughs> it sort of makes me think, you know, he's, again, you know, this has got to be a slight testament to Moyes. Fournal's really has grown into this team now. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's actually quite gritty now. He's like box to box, puts tackles in. He is becoming a kind of bigger character on the pitch, and he clearly, you know, is possibly now a personality in the changing room and stuff, which is great. It's like, you know, the the more the merrier. I think they are, you know, there is a spirit in them, and it is hilarious that that was his idea to do that celebration. I think the reality is, Phil, if you're a Champions League team, you do these celebrations. I'm reliably informed <laughs> this is what happens when you become a top four side. So right. just get used to it. You know, we've, we're yeah, signed yeah, Lingard right. for this reason, and then look at what he's delivering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once you get into the Champions League, you've got to get a choreographer, don't you? And a sort of director. Yeah, it's one of Gazprom's um, requirements is that you have a sort of a minimum number of goal celebrations. Yeah, yeah. In the Champions League, a lot of the goal celebrations have scripts and plots. and uh, (laughs) They have like uh, auditions and casting sessions and sides. They have to self-tape at home for a lot of the goal celebrations. Well, I think, yeah, I think some of us could pimp ourselves out as image managers for some of the players, couldn't we? You know? We should do. This is a good idea. See, we're always thinking, I'm going to edit this bit out so that no one else has this idea. <laughs> so I'm just going, to, just going to jump from this to the Manchester City game. And um, But, um, you know, I was sort of thinking after after the result this weekend uh, that, the, the, you know, as you said, James, it's, there's this notion that, you know, this fixture is our cup final, mainly one propagated by Spurs fans. And though I don't think that's true, over the years, fixtures versus Spurs have often happened at moments where they're kind of linchpin yeah. matches. And I've been yeah. trying to remember a few of those today. You know, in a way, the one that comes to mind, first of all, is the one we lost in 2007. Yeah, yeah the 4-3. The 3-3. Yeah. 
that stopped our that started our revival, didn't it? We played absolutely. So well. well, I mean, I, I in order to sort of hold up this point of view, I just I actually Wikipedia'd it about fifteen minutes ago, and uh, that was our. Um, 29th game of that season and we were right in the shit our previous 28 games we'd lost 18 of them uh we had won five and drawn five that was our 29th game that was another defeat but after that game we played nine more games and won seven of them and it was after that Spurs game Mm. I remember away from that Spurs game Jim we sort of like we thought we might we might stay up based on walking away from a defeat we thought but it was it was it was the most inspiring defeat you've ever seen you got you got tevis scoring you got noble performing heroics and crying at the end i mean it was yeah. it was it was it well you know well, yeah it was inspirational in many many ways um yeah. and and is, is this something did, did you all think this at the time? Because my main recollection of that is walking away thinking this is the worst I've ever felt coming out of a game of football. We've just <laughs> lost in the last minute to Paul fucking Stalteri scoring a goal <laughs> in a game that I thought we'd won and we're now going to go down, you know, yeah, like, we, as, as well as I thought we'd play. You're, um, you're, not, you're not as well schooled in West Ham uh, masochism and misery as, as we are. We've been doing it longer. Evidently, um, yeah. Yeah. 3-2 in the... We went 3-2 right near the end of the game, didn't we? Zamora. Zamora. Yeah. Close enough to the end of the game to think we'd won. And then they scored on like the 90th and then the 93rd or something, didn't they? Didn't they? But also um, Tevez, Tevez missed a great chance in between that as yeah. well because I think it was yeah. a 3-all. Tevez put one wide, right, which right. would have won it. And then they, they went up the other end and scored. Was it? No, did Aaron Lennon? Did they say Aaron Lennon who scored? Was, was there a wonder volley that they that they scored in that game? One, I think, of a different game. Yeah, no, there was one. Mm-hmm. Well, Berbatov, I think, scored a brilliant free kick, if I remember rightly. And I yeah. think, yeah, um, I'm not sure if it was that game or if there was another one. But was it Timo Taino scored a really good goal in a in a game against us at Upton Park? I but I can't recall which one it was. In that game, yeah, um, right. I, I should probably mention this point. I've got a little a little wee quiz. Uh, about oh, West Ham no. goals and scores against Tottenham and and whatnot, so we could it Let's might do it. Do it now? spark a few more memories if we do it yes. now. Right. Um, so it begins with a kind of overall question that West Ham have played Tottenham two hundred and eleven times in all competitions, and Sunday's win was a little bit of a landmark. Was it our sixty fifth, our seventy fifth, or our eighty fifth win against Spurs? 75th. It was indeed our 75th win. That's quite a good hit rate out of 211 games, isn't it, actually? Yeah, you well, about it. you'd expect we do beat them quite a lot. Yeah, you'd expense yeah. on the lower mm. averages, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of the um, things I was thinking about when you, you, you know, you suggested talking about this is we've stopped them on two occasions. I mean, I know we're never going for the league or European places, no. so they can't... I can't really remember when they've sort of put us down no, no, we've, we've no, caused them more the pain in quite matches. the same way. That could yeah. have been it, couldn't it? The game we've just mm. been talking about, but turned out not to be it, in fact. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go on. Go on, Jim. Yeah, my second question. Um, this is one of my favourite away days ever, uh, when West Ham won 4-1 at White Hart Lane in April 1994. Uh, Trevor Morley scored twice. 
But who scored the other goals in that 4-1 win? <laughs> Jones got the first, and I think Mike Marsh got the last one, if I remember Jones. rightly. <clears throat> Very correct. Very good, oh, yes. Um, Mike distinctly Marsh, remember one that one. Marsh, we used to call him, because he only ever seemed to turn it on for one half. Yeah. So if he had a fantastic first 45 minutes, you just knew he'd come out and, and disappear for the second half. Yeah, um, I don't know if you went to that game, Jim, but but wasn't Ian Bishop did, yeah. brilliant? Wasn't Bishop brilliant oh, that day? Amazing, it's one of my, absolutely yeah. amazing. I, I I watched um uh some a YouTube sort of clip of it again today, and there's a moment where he's he's get, he picks up possession on right on the edge of our box, and um just is, is under pressure. Got three players coming at him, and he just kind of twinkle toes his way past them. Um, and and then and then opens up an attack, which then just kind of just kind of breaks down. But oh, he was he was immense, absolutely yeah, extraordinary performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was um, question three. Uh, so this takes us to one of the games where we did really uh, put a spanner in their works. Uh, May two thousand and six, the Lasagna Gate. Uh, match. Oh, yes. uh, Yossi Benayoun, we remember him skipping through their defence uh, to score the winner, but who scored the opening goal of the oh. game? Welsh international, can't remember his name. You are Carl right about the country. It was uh, Carl, Carl Fletcher, I think. Carl yeah. Fletcher, yeah, the man mm-hmm. who had to step in for Mullins after yeah. Mullins was sent <laughs> off. Yes, uh, good. cracking yeah. goal as well, actually, wasn't it from outside the box? Yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. it was his first Premier yeah. League goal, I believe. And uh, um, the, the reverse yeah. fixture that season was um, Anton Ferdinand's ninetieth minute header, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it was. So we a, yeah, we got a win and a draw yeah. that season. Uh, yeah, very much like this season. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. got four points. You know. Yes. Um, um, Question four. This is again quite. I think you'll find quite an easy one. November nineteen ninety eight. Uh, who? It was his first game for Tottenham. Uh, for, sorry, for West Ham against Tottenham. Not his first game for West Ham. The first time he played to- against Tottenham for West Ham. Uh, scored twice in his. Uh, who was that? Kitson. Is it not Kitson? No, Sinclair. It was yes. Sinclair film. Yeah. Sinclair. Um, yeah. One of those goals, one of my oh, favourite goals, because we were right behind the line of it, uh, where he take he hits the ball early from about twenty yards with the outside of his of his right boot and curls it into the top yeah. corner. It didn't break stride. It was a great through ball from Kitson actually, um, yeah. and just kind of latched onto. It's a brilliant goal. That's not that's not his debut game for us, is it? No, but he did score oh. twice on his debut. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. Lingard, uh, Everton. Everton. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Fifth uh, question. I'm going back further. I'm going back to October 1991. Um, so we're, 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 that was a bad season, if you remember. Um, uh, which former Spurs player scored against his old club in a 2 1 win? Mike Small scored the first goal, but which former Spurs player scored the second? I know. I, I'm sorry. I think I know this, but I'll pause because I, I think I, I've got an unfair advantage because I've been researching all of these games. For uh, that right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. I, I'm getting. The only player I think of is Jimmy Neighbour, but I'm not thinking he wasn't playing then, was he? No, he's been, no. finished by then. Yeah. Play for Spurs. Sorry. Did Low Senior play for Spurs? I, I, uh, I don't think so, and it wasn't him. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I think put them out Jimmy, of their misery. I think it's the player who. Um, 
somebody said had an underground network of tunnels at Upton Park because he used to pop up at completely inappropriate mm. places. But I think it's Mitchell Thomas who is it a left is back. Mitchell who Thomas. The goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is Mitchell Thomas. And this is the goal was one of the examples of where mm. he kind of just kind of oddly popped up around the penalty spot uh, when he was nominally playing left back. <laughs> <laughs> he's an agent now, isn't he? Is he? Is he? Yeah, but sort of showbiz and sport, I think. All oh, right. Okay. okay. He's doing right. Um, so, uh, the stormy night in February 1997, uh, where we beat them 4 3. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. Uh, a very, very significant night because there were two debut goals. Um, who scored the first of West Ham's four goals that night? Dix, Dix, yeah, with a header, with a great mm. header into the corner, and then later he got Dix. a penalty. It's yeah. two for Dix, isn't it? He got a penalty. Yeah, he got a penalty. Yeah, and it's Hartson and Kitson, isn't it? That's yeah, Hartson Kitson. It is. Yeah. Again, a, a bit like the um, you know the Carlos Tevez four three defeat. That four three win was you know part of us on the road to staying up it that's, was yeah yeah we were right in the cack sort of winter time 97 weren't we buying yeah. hearts yeah. and Kitten just saved the team we were going down for sure yeah, yeah. and then, then yeah. they added Lomas a little bit later on and he yeah. was quite important in the last few games i think as well it's funny, when yeah. there's generations of, you know, watching those Rob Banks videos that he puts up on YouTube. It's funny how sometimes in your memory, um, a player had gone by the time a new player arrives. But it's funny who's still there, because when Hartson and Kitson are there, Lomas arrives, but Porfirio's still there. Yeah. And yeah. still yeah. plays. And that's yeah. completely gone out of my memory. That team with Hartson and Kitson in it, post them arriving... Hasn't got Hugo Porfirio. It's like he plays the year before in my mind, but he's not, he's still there. And yeah. In but that, also, players like Danny Williamson and Tim Breaker are still, yeah, you know, yeah, well, I mean, Williamson yeah. only had quite a small window, but yeah, because yeah. I was exactly the same uh, feel when I was watching some of the like Rob's videos. Yeah. And I was like, I have no recollection of these people playing in a team yeah. together at all. Oh. Um, yeah, it's when you've yeah, got sort of odd. Breaker and Potts there. You, they almost feel as they belong to a sort of slightly different era. Um, yeah. yeah. They, they, they carried on playing. Years, didn't they? Yeah. Breaker's in that 97 team. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I think Bishop he's behind well. someone, but he comes in, plays well. And yeah. we've had him since about, nine, you know, 91 or something, Breaker. Yeah. Possibly even yeah. Might have been a Macari yeah. signing. It's extraordinary. Yeah, and yes, um, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, um, around 2000, there's a team that's got Decanio and Wright, but still has Berkovic. Yeah. And Cole is starting to get yeah, games. That's right, yeah. And yeah. Lampard's still there. So you're like, it's two generations in the same team. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm. God, that was a t- hell of a team, wasn't it? Probably had Mark Vivian Foe in that team as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sinclair um, as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sinclair, yeah. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Another relegation year uh, when we beat them uh, was, was av- the Avram Grant season. Um, uh, it was our first win of the season, a home game on the 25th of September. It was a 1-0 win. Who scored West Ham's goal? It was uh, Freddie Pickion, I think. It was a Freddie Pickion header, yes. Yeah. Well, sorry, West Ham like... legend Freddie Pickion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I liked him. He was all right. good in that yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. I remember him scoring at Everton and then getting sent off for his celebration. Yeah, yeah. For getting a second yellow, <laughs> which was annoying. But I quite liked him. Um April 1999, uh, a 2-1 win. That's that, that, that team that we were just been talking about, Phil. Yeah. Uh, a 2-1 win at White Hart Lane was beamed live back to Upton Park oh, on the big screens. Uh, Ian Wright that. scored... Is that the scored, one that had a youth game before it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The youth team played with Cole and Carrot and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we, we went to that and we yeah, watched we the beam that, back. Yeah. Yeah, at the end, the West Ham fans are singing Can You Hear Us Upton Park, uh, uh, loud and clear. Um, it was beam back. Ian Wright scored the first goal. It's a remarkable, it's one of those ones where the keeper clears it and is out of his goal, and he uh, just volleyed it back about yeah, 40 yeah. yards. Um, but who scored the second of West Ham's goals? That's the only one I can remember, the right one. Um. But well, yeah, I I think it's Mark Keller because I, I was at the same thing as you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, right. remember that one. It is Mark Keller, yeah, yeah. We liked Mark Keller. I thought he was yeah, terrific. Mm. Um, good. Uh, nearly the end. Uh, February nineteen ninety six was Danny scoring with his uh, his sort of rebound header. Yeah. Um, a short lived loan spell at West Ham. Which club did he join when he after he left West Ham? Porto, not Porto. Oh God, I don't know. Oh, stumped you. One question. I think he went to Ajax. Was it? Yeah, I have Ajax. James. Yeah, he went to Ajax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he played seventy uh, odd games. He retired at twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, more ways. He really. Yeah. Yeah, I think he liked those nightclubs. A little. He's liked his modelling life a little yeah. bit too much. Um, and my final question uh, is: uh, I, This was another great uh, game. That unfortunately, I had to I had to miss. Um, uh, was the, the Ravel Morrison uh, wonder goal, yeah. the three 0 win in October two thousand and thirteen? Who was the Spurs manager at the time? Tim Sherwood? Not Tim Sherwood. Oh, um, Juan de... Um, Not Juan de Ramos. No. Ramos, no. Villas Boas? Villas yeah. Boas, yes, very good. Yes, it was him. 
that was amazing. That, that was one of the most unexpected wins against Spurs, I think. Uh, and in fact, that season, yeah. was, it was a wretched season. Absolutely yes. fucking wretched. We lost 20 yeah. games in that season. Yeah, it was terrible. Dreadful. Um, but we did the treble over them, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, oh, we yeah, did three yeah. times, yeah. even no, my eager's goal. We went to that, didn't we? We went to that, yeah. 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 Was that tipping down with rain that night? Yeah, eager? it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, Addy Boy I think that might have been the game where my brother was nearly uh, molested by a police horse. He was, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, he was crushed against the wall by a mounted police by a horse. Yes. Yeah, and then licked. Yes. Like Catherine the Great. Yeah, a bit <laughs> like that, yeah. And, yeah. And that was, in yeah. many ways, your brother was like Catherine the Great. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Who's, it was 2-1, wasn't it? Addy Boyle scored. The, who scored our other one? Oh, was it? Uh, Jarvis. Jarvis. Bloody hell. Beautiful that little been... slipped ball from um, um, Taylor. Must have been his only good game for us. What a wretched season that was, bloody Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Now, that the 3-0 for them. The 3-0 game, I was so disinterested. I, I, I went out for a very, very long lunch. It was a Sunday afternoon. I didn't bother looking until one of my cousins texted me and said, we won 3-0. Yeah. yeah it was I, totally I just out of resigned to defeat. Yeah. Who's got the, who's got the free DVD of that game? They must have. They must have been black. Sullivan and Gold must have been blackmailing the owner of a CD pressing plant because they they produced a free DVD for every single fan. I've still got mine. It's it's in its you know shrink wrap wrapper still. I haven't watched it, but um, I've still got my. Um, remember the the game where I think they beat us three two, and Bale got that brilliant goal to win the match. And that's when they were doing the Bobby Moore thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've still got my, quite, it was quite a good poster, that wasn't it? One side was a picture of him and the other side was a colour, white. Oh, God, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that, that our games against them are memorable because they're games against Spurs or do you think that the games themselves actually tend to be quite, quite, remarkable I, I think it's the latter I think we've played a lot of games against Spurs over the years that have for like for observers been fascinating games to watch as yeah. well like you know there's there's like more than one four three and there's, there's a lot yeah of there's a lot of high scoring matches and obviously yeah. the the draw there this season will, will yes, be one yeah. of the most remarkable games of the season yeah. yeah I think I think there's something in that I think um I think well traditionally both both teams have, have played attacking football. It's the local derby thing. It's it's probably one of the more underrated by by the wider world of football and media, or the more underrated derbies, but it is pretty passionate actually. And for mm. all their jibes about it's our cup final, blah, 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 they get pretty steamed up about it, I I think. Um and uh I mean, they've got Arsenal, obviously, uh, as as a sort of in their heads a, a bigger rival. But is the relationship is somewhat similar. Arsenal have probably you know had the whip hand over them more often than not, and they've had the whip hand over us more often. Than not. So there's a kind mm. of underdoggy kind of quality mm. about it. Um, and yeah, it just throws up some fantastic games of football, doesn't it? I mean, I, I thought if you were the, a neutral watching. On Sunday, I thought it was a terrific match. I mean, it ebbed and flowed. It was mm. there was great defensive, you know, digging in. There was a there was a great aging, great player 
possibly sort of starting to starting to kind of stir into life again in Bale because he was excellent in the second half. Mm. Um, you know, and and that kind of warrior spirit, you know, um, exhibited by by Suchek with his bloody eye, it was you know it was terrific. I thought. Well, Lingard's goal is great as well. That um, oh, it's a good goal. Yeah, no, that yeah. finish on the move to just whack it that hard, totally out of the keeper's reach in that. He's got a good shot on him, hasn't he? Mm, yeah. I mean, those yep. two against Villa. Well, when we got him in and loads of fans are saying, oh, why are we getting him? It's like his natural ability is straight away, he's our best attacking player. Yeah. We, without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, obviously Antonio's really good at what he does. Ben Rama's tree, you know, the, the others are quite good, but he's been in the Man United team when they beat one things. Yeah. And you're yeah. not a shit, you know, you're not a bad player before. And I watched a bit of their game against Newcastle the other day, and they've got players playing for them like James. I know he's not a starter. They're not, he's not as good as Lingard. No. No, it's interesting. I think uh, part of it also goes back to to what you were saying earlier about the Czech guys. I mean, I think, I think Lingard, for all his kind of blingy kind of kind of um kind of persona and all his stuff on twitter and whatnot actually you know yeah he grew up in the culture of the manchester united under ferguson that that had an incredible work ethic you know and the way he's kept himself fit even though he's not been starting mm. and and actually when it comes to the crunch you know he, he really wants to play football and it, and and he is on the pitch an exemplary professional i think so He's brought a bit of that kind of winning determination and culture with him as well. And he's fitted straight in because that is what is now the culture of the first team squad that, that Moyes and uh, Pierce and Nolan and co have created. And it is yeah. extraordinary to see. I mean, I have not, I, I haven't seen the like of it really. I, I, you, you just, you dredge back, even, even, I mean, Moyes, let's, let's, let's face it, Moyes is the best manager we've had since Lyon, in my, in my view. Um, and uh, he currently, right now, as of today, of course things change, has the highest win percentage of any permanent West Ham manager, Um, and he seems to be, for the first time in our our history, sort of looking strategically about building a, a culture and a squad that is that has ambition in terms of where it wants to go. Um, it is. It is all a little bit pinch me. I must be. I must yeah, be. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> his dedication, his <laughs> the way he works, and I was reading a profile of him in a, I think it was in the Athletic or something like that, and the, and the journalist said he went to see him when he was at Everton when they were doing well, and he just had this charm of all the players' names with colour codes next to all of them. Yeah. And it's all to do about how much they were working, what they were doing in training. And he is, you need that kind of dedication. And I think he out, he outthought Mourinho at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And also that thing, you know, it's like if you bring in a good player, there's got to be another one already there for them to play with, to find each other. You know, one playmaker with a team full of just hard-working meat and potatoes players isn't going to be good. When Lingard sort of came in and there's Bowen and Ben Rama and Fournals around him, he must have thought, boy, these guys are great. You know, he clearly 
enjoys playing with this crop of players at West Ham. And he's fitting in really well because he's getting a lot of the ball because they have the ability to find him in good positions with the ball. And similarly, he knows that there are people in good positions around him. You know, uh, he wouldn't be able to... If we were in a dire straits and, you know, relying on Jesse Lingard to keep us up with a with a terrible team, uh, I'm not sure the result would be quite yeah. the same. You know. But it's good that all our, none of our players, even including him, none of them are that much. The way Payet was bigger than the whole yeah. Yeah. squad. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say Lingard or Rice are because no, you no. know this season certainly Suchek is rivaling Rice, and and you know you look at the centre backs and I you know to go back to my Craig Dawson shrine, I don't think since Christmas anyone's played better than him. No, no, it's extraordinary. I mean, the, yeah. he scored goals. He nearly got a goal. You know, he's a good header the other night against Spurs. Yeah. So, and he's. I think Fabianski's getting, getting back to his best as well. I think the goalkeeper is starting to look solid. Yeah, again, he was right? good yeah, on, you know. on Sunday, yeah. wasn't he? Was yeah. yeah, that tipper tipping it against the post. You know, that yeah. long save yeah. was a, a great save. But yes, you know, a lot of these Spurs games have come. You know, as well as picking ourselves up to play Spurs. They're quite often games that um, because we do that, they're import- They're quite important games for us. You know, those two, 97 and, uh, uh, you know, 2013, we needed those points to stay in the division, you know. And, sorry, uh, 2007, even though we didn't win, didn't get any points, it was a sort of morale booster for us. You know, that... Well, the the good Pellegrini season, of course, was uh, uh, capped off right near the end with our uh, um, maiden win at their new stadium. Yeah, yeah. Not only the win, but I think we scored the first goal there, didn't we? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to that, uh, and, and that was um, the second half of that game. We absolutely bossed them. You know, we should have won by more, really, but uh, we didn't. You know. Um, you know, we have Spurs supporting friends and Mike Lee texted me saying Noble was the man of the match in that game. He had an extraordinary game at that, that time. Uh, Noble yeah. was fantastic yeah. in that game. He ran, he ran it in the second half. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think Jim mentioned this um, before as well, that there have actually been a couple of games which have been very important for Spurs as well in recent mm. years. That The yeah. final time we played them at Upton Park, they could have gone top of yeah. the league yeah. that, that night. And they've never been topped that late in the season since like 1970 or something. And, and Antonio scored. And again, we we beat them well that night. We beat them 1-0, but we, we yes. were well worthy of it. And then the following year, if you remember when we moved into the Olympic Stadium, mm. we had that game right at the end of the year. Yeah, when yeah, they yeah. again were in the title one, but we were in the relegation battle at that point. That was a Friday night. In fact, that, that might, to be honest, be the only time there's properly been an atmosphere at the, the Olympic yeah, Stadium, that Friday night game. That was a brilliant game. That you know, to me, one of my most memorable sort of nights supporting West Ham was that game. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, what was the outcome in that game? Lanzini, so Lanzini scored a Lanzini one scored. win. Tapped oh. it in. Yeah, yeah. But we yeah, had yeah. late on. We had some uh, a couple of fantastic chances. I mean, right near the end. Um, I think it was Caleri had one. Uh, Lloris pulled off yeah. a really good save, and then, and then, and Ashley Fletcher was through on goal, wasn't he? And, and uh, yeah. sort of. Duffed his shot. 
Yeah, we we easily could have won that one more. And I think actually the other one as well, Phil, that we've not mentioned is the three-two League Cup game at Wembley when we were two 0 down yeah, at half time, we which well. was sort, yeah, we sort of Billich's last stand actually because he got fired about a week later. Yeah, Andre went to that, didn't we? In fact, the uh, um, the following day, a YouTube video or sort of Twitter went up of. Uh, uh, Spurs fans filling cups with piss and throwing them at the West Ham yeah, fans, yeah. and the terrible realization that I remember those blokes—they were next to me. <laughs> yeah, I literally everything I'd be wearing yeah. the night before, yeah. I just put in a washing machine. Yeah, because we yeah. did get wet at some point with what I assumed was beer until we saw that uh, video. Uh, yes, I think that's right. I it think was a we, mighty we... comeback, wasn't it? Were they two nil up? Yeah, two two nil at half time. Yeah, Andre and we came back to three two. Scored for us, didn't he? He, he got two. But that was it. Was a bit of a it was a Lanzini led revival. Lanzini was brilliant in the second half. It's mm. funny actually. I mean, in many ways, I sort of associate Lanzini now with games against Spurs because sort of some of his defining moments for us have been in games yeah. against them now, which is um, yes. which is quite nice because I, I like him as a player and I think that's quite a nice way to yeah, to yeah. remember him, um, yeah. you know. They, they, must, they must hate the sight of Antonio as well because Antonio yes. now pretty much always scores against them if he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice to have players that do that to other teams, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Kane uh, always does it to us, but, you know. Yes, normally Sunday. he does, yeah. Yeah, I watched the Milan derby straight off because my um, daughter's boyfriend's an Inter fan. I watched the Milan derby straight after, and of course Lukaku was brilliant in that, and he always used to score against us, didn't he? Lukaku, yeah, nailed on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. It's good to um, have someone. You'd sort um, of think if they did sort of put in, you know, a bid for Lindgaard at the end of the season. I mean, you know, if we had sort of um, infinitely deep pockets, you'd go, yeah, let's just buy him. But you you don't doubt for a second that they would have to in some way balance the books to acquire Lindgaard. And I would wonder if they might try to offload possibly Lanzini and maybe Noble. Well, I don't think they'll tell Noble. I don't know you'd get much for him. but no. Lanzini and Anderson are probably going to go, aren't they? Um, and what we get for them, you know, 15, yeah. 20 million between yeah. them, they're not going to get that much. No. Yamo, if he's recovered from his injury, yeah. they'll get rid of, won't they? I mean, I think Noble's probably worth keeping. It would be, you know, there's more value keeping him as a talisman, as an ambassador for the club, as yeah. somebody who brings on younger players. He's so... You know, you can see even even in those little pictures that I, I was like watching that those kind of scenes videos that they yeah. do, um, and he's kind of you know uh, uh, fist pumping with everyone and you know and uh, and fooling around with Lingard, you know, at the end. So that yeah. sense that he's he's part of 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 what is being created at the club, that part of that spirit, I think that's worth a lot. I think that's worth keeping, even if, and I think he accepts he's going to be a bit part player on the pitch now. But I think uh, the last few games where he's come on 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes before the end, he's played all right. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he's yeah. been... Uh, yeah. You know, Moyes obviously brings him on to keep hold of the ball and he does it quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, Do you not yeah. think that you possibly the risk... Would you like to sign Lingard? 28? Yeah, definitely. I sort of wish he was 26. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he's still got four seasons. And, yeah. um, it's it's a it all depends dog, on whether we get into Europe. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't think we're going to get in the Champions League, but, you know, no. we might do. But if we don't get in the Europa League, then it might be hard getting someone like that to come. Yeah. And if we do get in the Europa League or the Champions League, we need to improve the team a lot because we're going to be knackered. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. We're playing the same players pretty much every game. Yeah. And we've looked yeah. tired sometimes when there's three games a week. But if we're in the European competition, it will be too much. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of positions on the pitch that we either need to kind of throw big money at or, you know, really uh uh, do our detective work, which is a kind of understudy for Suchek and Rice. Uh, definitely yeah. a new left-sided defender, a new left-back, you know. And obviously, probably two strikers. strikers. At least. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah. 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 So do, do you not think that there's a risk this year? Because, because this season now is proving to be quite a lot, I think, like the 15-16 season when Leicester won the league. And yeah. there's lots of smaller teams who are beating the bigger teams. Um they won't stand for that, right? They didn't stand for it in 15, 16. They went out and spent tons and tons of money at the end of the year. Yeah. And then they started to re... We're already hearing this stuff now about reformatting uh, the TV money so that they get more yeah. of it and all that kind of stuff. You know, the big problem, I think, at the end of this season for us will be, can we hold on to Rice? Can yeah. Villa hold on to Grealish? Can Everton hold on to Calvert-Lewin? All that stuff. Because the big teams will come for them. And I yeah. think the big, you know, the big question is, there's a massive hole in the finances, right? You know, as a result of the last year. And I don't know whether or not Sullivan will turn down 70, 75 million for Rice yeah. because he might look at that. And, and similarly, actually, I, I think Suchek could could be um, yeah. a target because he's 25, he's the perfect age to move on. So I think they're going to have to resist some overtures at the end of the season. Mm. Um, and I think Jim's point is, is very valid. I think where we end up will be really, you know, you end up in the Champions League, you can keep those players. Europa League, you might get to keep them for another year, but you better get a big squad because you're gonna you're gonna drop three or four places for sure in yeah. the league when you're playing in the Europa. Um, if you don't get in Europe at all, I think that they might be hard pressed to hold on to some yeah. of these players. To, to yeah, be honest, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I think that if you look at the, you know the, the our, our London rivals, Arsenal and Tottenham, there's a reasonable chance they're not going to be in Europe next season. Mm. Now, I mean, Spurs have got huge debts on that stadium. Kane might want to go. There's a very depressed transfer market. You know, Spurs would want probably over $100 million for him. I don't know whether anyone will play for that, pay for that uh, for him now. And Arsenal, if they don't get into Europe, similarly, you know, they, so it's not just us. I think yeah. everyone's got a – it's only really Liverpool, Man United, Man City and Chelsea – who've yeah. almost got guaranteed endless funds, either by their owners or the fact that they're just massive worldwide franchises. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone was going to give us a huge amount of money for either Suchek or uh, Rice, I would be temp- very tempted to just give that money to Leeds United and demand they give us Phillips. That seems like the sort of best. Yeah, yeah. That feels yeah. like the best bit of business if we get lose either one of those guys. It's like, well, we've yeah. now got a big amount of money, Leeds United. Here it is. Give us Phillips. And I, yeah. I think I think what we've got to recognise is that is that you know um, the way things, the way Moyes has made players better, the way he's brought in players that we've been we've been you know sceptical about, but have turned out like Dawson to be to be the right player to have brought in. Um, I think you just have to end up starting to trust him in, in terms of the way you build a squad. All yeah. squads have to re, you know, you, 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 
all clubs lose big players from time to time. Um, it's a question of how you reinvest the money and how you develop and how you shape the squad. I mean, I think you're right about central midfield anyway. I mean, whatever happens, we need to have not just an understudy to Rice and Suchet. We need a central midfielder who can simply step in and 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 write, you know, challenge them for a first-team place and be yeah. good enough to play in the first team at that position. And we have to get the striking. I mean, that that clearly is on, on hold, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're, we're living from hand to mouth in that respect at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. You know, you, 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 James, particularly, I think, you know, Champions League in many ways gives you an easier ride in terms of demands on the squad than uh, than the Europa League, which is a long haul because you're starting whilst you're, it disrupts your pre-season, doesn't it? And then, you know, you've got this, um, uh, you've got the group games and then this kind of round of 32. So it's more games to play. It's Thursday nights. You know, you, we've seen it before. You know, teams that get in there struggle the following the following season, time and time and time again, if they don't have the resources. And we wouldn't, you know, overnight, you don't have the resources, even even with a lot of investment, you wouldn't have, I don't think we'd have a squad ready. You know, I think Moyes himself has said that it might be, we might be just getting ahead of ourselves in terms yeah. of project. And that's, I think, the difficulty in modern football, isn't it? Because he wants to build it incrementally, and make sure that we're ready at each stage that you are, you know, if you do get into Europe, you want to be ready for it. But on the other hand, if you don't get there, then you risk managers lose players, slip yeah. back. It's a kind of yeah. Yeah. kind of catch-22 in many ways, isn't it? Um, we do move on from this thing, though, of never wanting to sell players, right? And I know that sounds sort of counterintuitive as a West Ham fan, but I think part of the thing that's been holding us back, particularly <laughs> during the Sullivan era, is that Sullivan is absolutely terrified that selling a player is a sign of weakness and as a result, never makes a profit on anybody. So, for you know, one of the things that's significantly impacting us from a financial perspective is we never make a profit on anyone, any players. Uh, you know, we've been saved a couple of times by China, um, you know, or like, you know, giving Payet back to Marseille essentially for the same important. But, you know, we've not really done much in terms of player training. And, and kind of part of what I hope that Moyes brings to it is a sort of a sense that actually, you know, if you have to sell Declan Rice for 70 or 75 million or whatever the number is, it need not be the end of your sort of uh, progression. You know, if you spend yeah. that money properly and he has shown, let's be honest, I mean, at this point you're saying give the money to Philip. I would just go and buy the entire Slavia Prague first team squad, <laughs> to be honest, because, because yeah, yeah. at this point, why wouldn't you? But, you know, he has shown, hasn't he, Moyes, that you can go and get players and 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 yeah. and, and have them be, perfectly um, capable in the Premier League. So I just kind of, I, I, I think this summer will actually be really interesting because I think Moyes with a bit of clout, and, and I mean clout in the sense of the fans behind him and, and a good season behind him, could be really interesting. I think we could see some quite significant progression. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the other thing that might happen, I don't see it happening, is if we did qualify for the Champions League, someone might buy us. Yeah, yeah, and I know yeah. all the stories you read that they're, they're asking for unrealistic amounts of money. There's a sell-on clause, which I think runs out in 22 or 23, where some of their profit would go to yeah, yeah. London authorities. But for an for an American investment, that's that stadium. You know, they'll want to put American football on there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If they could get West Ham, you know, I would have thought 250 to 300 million is a reasonable price that they'd be worth investing in. 
but they are apparently asking for half a billion. They'll want more. Yeah, they'll want more. No, no one will give them half a billion. No, no, no. I wouldn't have thought. Not the current climate, anyway. Anyway, we um, we're playing the weekend, Manchester City. Now uh, our our winning streak. We've won thirteen games out of twenty five. Extraordinary achievement, uh, you know. And uh, but it's going to come to a halt at some point. <laughs> it's the point at which it's going to come to a halt. I mean, it's certainly you know it's. It, you know, the fact is we're not going to win every game from here to the end of the season. It's uh, simply not going to happen. But, uh, um, you know, I wonder how we'll do. I mean, you know, it's good that we've got a point off them already this season. Yeah. You know? And we were, we were good in the first half in that game as well yeah. until they brought Foden on, didn't they? And he changed the game, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... <sighs> I mean, I, the, the thing, the interesting thing about City is that they're putting together this this incredible, incredible run, um, but they're not awe-inspiring in the way that, that Liverpool were last season and the, and and the City team a, a few years ago were when they had you know Aguero firing on awful all, all cylinders and Sane and you know and Sterling flying around. You know, they're they're um, they're a relentless machine at the moment, but I'm I'm, I'm not sure they're. I, I, you know, I think get in their faces, and we can give them a game. I'm with James. I don't, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to win it, but obviously, but um, that they don't feel like a side that that is going to go, you know, on victorious right to the end of the, of the season. I think they're going to win mm. the league comfortably, but they don't. You know, they're not they're not awesome. I well, a bit like you know, a bit like us. I think sort of West Ham fans have sort of stopped saying it so much now. But when we were getting things like that Sheffield United win and the Fulham win, people were going, oh, it's terrible though, it's awful. We didn't deserve to win those games. We were rubbish. I hate Moyes, he should quit now. Um um, but but often those those you know presumably Arsenal in their invincibles year I can't really remember mm. a lot of those wins are ugly and the team doesn't actually play mm. well but they grind out a one nil that's how they win and uh, that seems to be what City well, are doing this I, think I, right. I watched the last sort of twenty minutes of their game at Everton the other week and I just couldn't believe the amount of work Foden in particular was putting in in the ninetieth yeah, they minute they're winning three yeah. one. The guy has got a motor. I mean, he's obviously a very good player. I agree. They're not as sort of flash. They're not as flamboyant as as Liverpool might have been last season. But they are an incredible. Yeah, like you say, an incredible machine. The pass. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to pass it all the way around us. I think the only. You know, I think we'll be competitive if Antonio has a fantastic game. In a yeah. weird way, he's the one player we've got. We've got Suchet. We've got all the guys arriving in the box. And I don't think they're brilliant in the air. So there's always the chance we'll get goals or set pieces. Yeah, And if Antonio yeah. has a great game with his weird, quick, but unpredictable style, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we had a good game up against... Um, we, we scored from... Ogbonna scored from a, a, a set piece, didn't we? But we lost it. Late on, two one a few years yeah. ago, a silver goal at the end, and we were competitive in that. We were competitive in the nil nil when Johnson came in and played at left back, and um, Carroll played up front. You know, yeah. um, we have had moments where we, we've we've hung on in games with them. Um, so predictions, predictions. What do we think? Oh. Um, Jim Grant. 
but oh, by the way, have I mentioned I predicted two one Spurs? That I got that right. Did that has that been mentioned? But did, um, did you have a bet on it, Jim? Oh, I never have a bet. It's uh, not one of my vices. Well, Gambling. It's not one of my vices. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, they their runs got to stop somewhere. I, I've you know, let's be optimistic. Uh, we won't shut them out. Two um, one West Ham. Oh, excellent. Mm. Uh, James, what do you reckon? Um, well, that odd Bonner game that Jim mentioned was the first time that I thought Moyes was, he really sort of convinced me that he was he was going to do something with that. It was actually in his first spell, but yes. uh, I wanted yeah, him yeah. to stay. Um, I think that he can get something similar. I was actually going to go for 2-1 West Ham, so why, why don't I say 3-2 West Ham in a, in a oh. fit of... Very, uh, very unusual. God, I think I, my nerves will be shredded if that happens. Jim, what do you reckon? From 2-0 down, of course. Well, I, I, you see, I'm because I'm such a superstitious person, I'm not going to predict us to win. I think it might be a draw, but I am. if I had a gun to my head, I'd say 2-0 or 2-1 City. 2-0 two, two or 2-1. Got to have one of those because I might have the other one. All right, 2-1. 2-1 City. Um. Okay, well, I'm going to go a draw then, one all. Ah, yeah, one all good, draw, good. Um, should I do these um, shout out things? Yeah, it's good. Before on, we go, because um, Jim has uh, some shout outs. Jim doesn't no, know what these are. He's really just no. Like, I I don't really know what he's saying. That he's like one Twitter. of those dogs that says sausages on this life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apparently. Uh, we do have a Twitter uh, thing, but I don't really do Twitter. I don't really understand it, so I, I, I don't do it. But I mean, obviously, it does. Um, we've all been. I'm sure loads of our listeners are uh, Zoom watch games or watch games in places that you know um, they didn't imagine they'd be watching games from um, this time uh, a year or two ago. Um, and um, a, a tweet went out from the Stop Hammer Time Twitter magically. Uh, uh, during the game, asking where are you watching this match right now? And he got some responses from the brilliantly uh, named, for example, Finnegan Gringleberry. Uh, I haven't made him up. Um, and he's uh, he was watching in East Devon, the People's Socialist Republic of East Devon, he said. Uh, it was Ralph Sinclair who was watching in a state of disbelief uh, in, uh, in Faversham. Uh, there was Andrew Norman in snowy Chicago. Um, there's uh, the Green Eggs and West Ham uh, podcast from Columbia, Missouri. Uh, mm-hmm. Replied there was someone in Brooklyn, Mr. Lee in Brooklyn. Steve, 1974, is in was in Spurs territory in Hertfordshire, and somebody called Chozo in Portland, Maine. There you go. Nice. Well, eclectic. I think I've done that now. I, think I like I, the I sound think of that that podcast. What where, what state was it in? Uh, Missouri, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri, Green Eggs and West Ham podcast. So yeah. a West Ham fan base in Missouri, I'd like to meet them. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Bless them. I, I, I wonder what happens during the taking of a knee uh, <laughs> to people <laughs> watching the game in Missouri. <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. Um well, thank you, Missouri, for listening to us. Uh, and uh, I think um, thanks to all of you for listening to us. This has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's uh, Phil Whelans. With me have been uh, Jim Reed. Good night. Yes, Jim. Uh, Jim Grant. Good evening. Cheerio. And James, a uh, very sophisticated, aristocratic version <laughs> of Jim. It's James Cairns. Farewell. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. 
Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.